Good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time it is when this hits your ears. I'm your host, Catherine, psychic medium, self-worth coach, and true crime addict. Before I get started, I want to number one, ask that you give this a rating and review on iTunes so that each victim story can be heard by more listeners. And number two, I would like to say that anything that you hear on the show will have source materials linked in show notes. My feelings on each case are based on intuitive hits and downloads, and everyone is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. And one more thing before I get to the disappearance of Jantel Johnson. If you've been following me long enough to remember when I was posting content on YouTube, interviewing serial killers like Ted Bundy, Charles Manson, and Eileen Warnos, to name a few, then you also know that I put a pin in that for a little bit. Well, murder and mediumship fans, guess what's coming to Patreon? Instead of doing monthly interviews with episode victims, I'll be bringing back killer interviews as well as interviews with celebrities on the other side. And during our last Patreon-exclusive interview, I put it to the fans, who should we interview first? And the list they came up with is incredible. So I'll be posting that in the Patreon feed this week so everyone can vote, but only patrons will be able to catch the live interview. Head to patreon.com slash Intuitive to get in on this magic. All right. John Tell Johnson, known to her family as Puff, was last seen on February 3rd, 2010 in her hometown of Newark, Delaware. At the time, Jantel was 15 years old and five months pregnant. Jantel was the baby of the family with an older brother and sister who doted on and cared for her very, very much. And while pregnancy at age 15 is not ideal, her parents and siblings were both open to and supportive of her decision to keep the baby. She was going to find out the sex of the baby within the week and was so very excited to do so. Jantel continued to go to school as she always did, and with the support of her family, she was planning on graduating, obtaining her cosmetology license, and eventually owning her own salon. Well, during an interview, her mom fondly recalls of how having Jantel around was like having your own personal stylist living with you. And on the day that she disappeared, her mom... Kimya dropped her off at school in the morning, but Jantel ended up calling her mom to let her know she was going home early as she wasn't feeling very well and wanted to rest. I believe she wasn't feeling well because she was arguing with the father of her baby, but more on that shortly. This was just after noon on February 3rd, and she had plans later that day to go to church in Philadelphia with her older brother, Prentice, to meet the rest of the family. He, in fact, was to pick her up and drive to Philly with her. So her mom worked in Philly, and this wasn't really uncommon from what I understand to be making that commute for a lot of people. I think it was cheaper to live in Newark, Delaware area than it was to live in Philadelphia, and that's where they ended up living. So when Kimya called to wake Gentile up so that she would be ready to go with her brother, Gentile didn't answer the phone. And after a few calls, Kimia assumed Jantel fell back asleep or had gone back to school until Prentice arrived. So when he got to the apartment where Jantel and her family lived, the front door was unlocked, but she was nowhere to be found. And what's even more peculiar is that it was not only clear that she had been there to rest for a bit, but there was evidence that she had made a snack in the kitchen and her purse, contact lenses, and glasses were all left behind. If you need contact lenses to see, 
more than likely you're not leaving those behind, right? So she popped them out to take a nap. If she ran outside to talk to somebody, she probably planned on going right back in, right? I can't see without my contacts in. I just, I mean, everything looks like a big blurry blob. So I can't imagine going too far from my home without my contacts in. So while she wasn't answering the phone for her mom, Kimya called her sister Janelle. And when she didn't answer the texts or the phone calls from Janelle, her mom called the police. This was around 10 p.m. the evening of the 3rd. They continued to call friends of hers and to check in with anyone who could even possibly fathom a guess as to where she could be. But no one seemed to know where Jontel was. No one knew where she was or where she could even have gone. So the police, unfortunately, and this happens so often, I feel, especially when it's cases of non-white children, and especially when they are teenagers, it's assumed that these kids are troubled when really they're in trouble and they need our help. So the police were quick to dismiss her case as a runaway and insisted she'd be back. Or maybe she wouldn't, but they really weren't getting involved to the extent that anyone would want them to, knowing that their child was missing. They even listed her on the police report as an endangered runaway. Jontel's family didn't support this theory, though, and for clear and obvious reasons, too, need I remind you that her purse, contact lenses, and glasses were all left behind. No warm winter clothes were taken. No clothing was taken at all. No bags were packed. She simply walked out the door with the clothing she was wearing and nothing else. And if you're five months pregnant and you're 15 years old and you're relying on your family to help take care of not only this baby, but even just you yourself, where are you going to go with nothing? With doctor's appointments, when you need medical attention, when you're excited for this baby, none of this makes sense. Absolutely no sense at all to run away with nothing, not even your purse or the money in it. The way that it's been explained and from what you can see online, the apartment complex that Jontel was living in with her mom and the rest of her family, Autumn Park Apartments, it's a massive complex with hundreds of units. And Jontel's apartment was on the second floor of one of the buildings in the middle of the building. So to take her kicking and screaming just wouldn't have gone unnoticed. However, was it possible she went willingly? The last phone call to come in on Jontel's phone was from the man that she had told her family was the father of her unborn baby. And what's even more infuriating is that police are keeping the details of this case very quiet otherwise. The name of this man has not been released to the public as police never called him a suspect. Though he was a person of interest, he was never labeled a suspect. What's also both interesting and infuriating to me, though, is that this man, this man, and yes, I mean man, not boy, because while Jontel was only 15, this man who got her pregnant was 11 years older than she was. He was 26 at the time of her disappearance. He was questioned by police and released. But let's remember that if police don't have enough to keep you for, they have to let you go. I'm not sold on him not being involved. Anyway, according to the Charlie Project, the last place that Jontel's phone pinged was near this man's mother's house. 
And at one point, police even said things aren't looking good. But still, according to multiple sources, while this man was questioned, his home wasn't searched, and he was questioned and released. There have never been any formally named suspects in her disappearance, and this is likely because it can't even be proven that anything bad happened to her because they can't find her, though it's fairly clear that foul play was involved. I have no formal training in the law, and I get it. I'm just another true crime-obsessed podcaster. But if he even was in her phone as the last person to talk to her before she disappeared, I just don't see how searching his place wasn't allowed. Wouldn't that warrant enough? I don't know. I digress. And I'm actually going to stop here for a moment for a brief break. When I am not binging true crime podcasts or obsessing over my dog, Winnie, I run a group program called Showing Up for Your Self-Worth, and this is an eight-week program where we deep dive into learning to love and value yourself exactly as you are. This is for the woman who is sick of feeling like they aren't a priority, for the woman who wants to feel heard, loved, and important again. And we have eight weekly group mentorship calls, weekly self-care practices, direct messaging access, two one-on-one mentorship sessions, and lifetime access to all of the valuable content that we explore together. The waitlist for the last group of the year is open now, and we start in October. So schedule a free exploration call to see if this is exactly what you've been needing to make yourself a priority again. The link will be in the show notes as well as in my personal Instagram, and we're going to get back to it. No worries, my friends. So while the police didn't take John Tell's disappearance seriously. One reporter did. And this woman, she's such a hero in in my book, as far as I'm concerned. Claudia Rivero has stuck with John Tell's family since her disappearance in early 2010, dedicating much of her career, really, to showing up for children who are otherwise under or even unreported. You can hear a fairly lengthy and in-depth interview with Claudia on the Vanish podcast, and I highly recommend that you do, as she is one of the few sources of information close to the Johnson family, who has been very private in their pain of losing their daughter, and I think largely because they're not sure who they can trust. According to Claudia, sources close to the investigation describe the father of her child as uncooperative with police. And I want to pause here just to backtrack a little bit. I can't imagine being very trusting of the police who wouldn't even call your daughter a missing child because of the fact that she was pregnant. She was 15, probably because she was black in an area where, I mean, it's just, it's absurd to me that to even think for a second that these children go missing and that people here run away and they just don't look. They just assume that something is wrong with this kid or that they're acting up or they're acting out when so often our kids are looking for help and maybe that's why they're leaving. And I'm going to say it again. I can promise you that. So I also had, I found it is insanely frustrating that his name cannot be located, nor would I share it either because it, he obviously hasn't been named an official suspect, like I said. And Miss Rivero wrote in an article entitled, who is the older man Jantel allegedly left with? That this older man and the alleged father of Jantel's baby was later arrested for domestic violence against the mother of one of his other children. He was facing up to five years in prison, 
but ended up receiving only two years probation. I do also feel that, and this is intuitively, this is who she left with, and he is absolutely responsible for her disappearance, and I believe that he knows exactly where she is. In this same article, and I really recommend going through these show notes and clicking through these articles and reading them, especially the ones by Claudia Rivero, because she is so invested in this case and in this family. So she writes that Robert Lowry Jr., the vice president of the Missing Children Division at the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, also believes that the father of her baby knows more than he is saying. And it's even alluded to that the police don't know where he is anymore. I'll say that I don't find this shocking, as it seems like they didn't really take anything seriously from the start. I think it's worth sharing that Lowry goes on to explain that the children of minorities are often listed as runaways, which taints the public's concern for them. As I was saying, they assume that these kids are troubled youth when in reality, so many runaways are actually looking to escape either poor family lives or aren't even runaways at all, but are falsely classified as such. He further explains that the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children classified suspected runaways now as, quote, endangered runaways, and even hesitates to call them that, as the center doesn't want to risk the search for these children being hampered by the public believing the child is somehow at fault. I'll link the article in the show notes, as I said, as all of Claudia's work on this case is incredibly thorough, and you can feel her concern for Jontel and Jontel's family through her writing. The new station she worked for was the only one to cover John Tell's case, and it was only a quick short blurb on the evening news that was thrown together very quickly after a family member requested they share something, really anything, about her disappearance. And I can't imagine being up against a wall like that and really having no idea what to do and seeing that even mainstream media isn't running with this case. This is a 15-year-old pregnant child, and she wasn't put into the media. How did they not run with this story? How many missing children are out there who were classified as runaway? How many of them? It's just mind-numbing to think, and it's, it's so sad to know that these children just don't make the headlines. I digress. This is where the information kind of stops. While her case is essentially cold, it is still an active investigation. Police remain silent on her disappearance, even refusing to provide any updates or to even say that there is no new information. They won't even come out to say, hey, there is no new information. They're not commenting. So who is this suspect and how has he managed to stay so far away from the scrutiny of social media? I don't understand how his name hasn't even been leaked by now. That's just insane to me. How has he gotten away with not being named to the public? I want nothing more than to look into the eyes of a photo of him to know without hesitation that what I see is accurate about this person. I do feel that there is a valid reason, more than defamation of character as to why no one knows who he is, but it's almost selfish in nature. You'll hear psychics and mediums say that they don't like to have information before filling into a case so that they aren't front-loading their minds with, pre- with, excuse me, with preconceived notions or any information that could sway their subconscious to create things that their intuition wouldn't otherwise be showing them. I want so badly for her to be alive, 
but I don't think that she is. I think that the father of her baby absolutely knows what happened because he's the one that killed her. Allegedly, what I'm seeing intuitively, I can't prove anything. This is my opinion. I believe that police can't find enough to hold him because there are missing pieces that they need in order to serve a warrant, you know, like a body. And to make sure that their bases are completely covered at this point, not before, but at this point, the case was severely mishandled and neglected. And because of that, the man who is physically responsible for her death has likely gotten away. It was known that Chantal was talking to other older men, and I believe that one of them in particular was a friend of the father of her baby, or they at least knew each other. And I think that the father of that sweet unborn baby was a very jealous individual and was angry about her talking to other men. And even if her intentions had nothing to do with romantic relationship with him, he didn't trust her because that's just how he was, a manipulative, abusive jackass. Her phone pinging near the father's mother's house wasn't enough to get a search warrant, but I do think she is somewhere nearby there. At this point, do I believe she will be found? Honestly, I don't. I think too much was lost by the police and their lack of efforts to find her. We all have this vision, or at least I do, of police busting in the door, criminal mind style to save a victim at the last minute. But in this instance, I believe it was too late within daylight hours of her disappearance. By the time the police were called, I think it was too late. But her family deserves to know where she is and some level of what happened to their daughter, their sister, their friend. If you know any information about the whereabouts of John Tell Johnson or the circumstances of her disappearance, call the Newcastle County Police at 302-573-2800 or call 1-800-THE-LOST, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Hopefully this has shed some light on even the idea that runaways are often not truly runaways and will help you see Reports of runaway kids as endangered, not necessarily, quote, bad kids. And with that being said, my friends, that is all that I have for you for this episode on John Tell Johnson. Please visit Patreon where you will be able to see her photo and you will be able to scroll through the numerous articles that I have found written only by Claudia Rivero. And of course, You can find some information on Reddit, whatever can be found as true versus not true, but I will have the Charlie Project posted up there for you all and a couple of articles by Claudia Rivero. And just spread the word. Share Share this podcast episode, share her name, share her missing person's photo, whatever it is that you can do to spread awareness because whether or not she is alive, it's still important that her family knows what happened and knows where she is. Thank you all for listening, and hopefully you tune in next time for another episode of Murder and Mediumship.